Hello, and welcome to Sharing Real Hope. My name is Mike Hall. When you first run into someone, meet up with them, how do you greet them? How do you like to be greeted? Well, I believe as human beings, we love the value that it brings to us when someone greets us with enthusiasm, with uh, a friendly spirit, and so on. Today, we're talking about an encouraging greeting. In 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 1 and 2, we read this. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who reside as aliens scattered throughout Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, who are chosen according to the foreknowledge of God the Father, by the sanctifying work of the Spirit, to obey Jesus Christ and be sprinkled with His blood. May grace and peace be yours in the fullest measure. Well, that is a greeting. And I, I want us to break it down today. This uh, letter, First Peter, written by the aging Apostle Peter, is is addressed to a group of Christ followers who are experiencing escalating persecution. And here in this greeting, they are called aliens scattered. Now, that the whole theme of the, of the book of 1 Peter, as we are studying it, is simply this. We are aliens. And the word aliens uh, sometimes is translated exiles or strangers and it and it uh, and it carries with it the idea of sojourners <clears throat> these aliens were uh, f- uh, aliens in a physical sense in what is known now as modern day turkey they were uh, people that uh, belonged to another area but now they're in a uh, foreign locale, and they are mixed in amongst uh, the citizens of that particular area. And so uh, that's why uh, Peter talks about Pontus and Galatia and Cappadocia and Asia and Bithynia, all of those areas, areas that are in, as I said, what is now modern-day Turkey. So they were aliens in a physical sense, but more importantly, they were aliens in a spiritual sense. Uh, these are Christ followers. These are people with dual citizenship. You know, they are citizens of a country here on this earth, but uh, they are citizens of they're citizens of heaven, and and they are away from heaven right now. They are in a foreign country. They are mixed in among uh, non-believers. So so they are spiritual aliens and and Peter is addressing them that way and and as such being spiritual aliens in a in a foreign environment they are as i said experiencing some persecution and that persecution is is escalating in their situation so in uh, in his greeting Peter identifies these aliens in the following encouraging ways. So uh, he wants to encourage them. So right up front, as he greets them, you know, we, we love these friendly greetings, these warm greetings, the encouraging, these encouraging greetings. And this particular group of people really needed an encouraging greeting. And that's what Peter's doing in this letter. So he identifies them in the following ways. First of all, he says that they are chosen. Now, that's a big one. Uh, that word chosen in the original language of the New Testament, uh, in uh, the Greek word there is ek lek- 
ektos, eklektos, and it is uh, basically a compound word. The ek, E-K, means from, the lektos or lego means to gather or pick out, to gather from, to pick out from. Um, it is sometimes translated in scriptures as elect. It sounds like uh, the Greek word eklektos. So he says, you are the elect. You are the ones that have been picked out. You are the ones that have been uh, gathered from. And so that is a very important term. You, you are the chosen ones. Now, to understand this term a little better... We go back to Deuteronomy chapter 7, verse 6, where uh, the Bible talks about Israel. And it says this uh, to them, For you are a holy people to the Lord your God. God has chosen you to be a people for his own possession out of all the peoples who are on the face of the earth. So that term starts to take on more meaning. It, we, it, it becomes, it gets all colored and filled in when you understand that God said, Israel, you're holy. You are set apart to me. You are a special people. You are chosen by God, by, by God himself uh, from all, out of all the nations, all the peoples on the earth. I picked you, Israel. Think about that. There are numerous passages that state that God chooses or elects his own. Now, I know this is a controversial subject, and um, I, I, I'm, I don't care. I, I just want to know what the Word of God says, and I want to try to understand it. I want to come to it uh, with an open heart and an open mind, not laying on it my predisposed notions of, of what I think it means, but to pull out of the scriptures what it meant in its original writing. That's what we should always do. And it's easy to come to the scriptures with uh, prejudice and, and to try to lay on the scriptures what we think it means. But I want to tell you that this is the word of God and we need to respect it and we need to study it that way. And so there are numerous passages that state that use this very word that God picks from, out from, that God chooses, that God elects his own. Uh, and I'm going to go through a few of those scriptures here in Romans chapter 8, verse 33. Uh, Paul talking to the Romans, he said, who will bring a charge against God's elect, against God's electos, against God's chosen ones, God's the ones that God picked. And if you back up to verse 28, it says, we know that God calls us all things to work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to his purpose. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he would be the firstborn among many brethren. And these whom he predestined, he also called. And these whom he called, he justified. And those whom he justified, he also glorified. And so there is a passage of scripture where God, where God is talking about his elect. In Colossians chapter 3, verse 12, uh, again, Paul addressing the believers says, So, as those who have been chosen of God, holy and beloved, and then he goes on to say, put on a heart of all of these various things, but he is calling them chosen of God. Think about that for just a moment. In 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse number 10, the word of God says, says this, For this reason... I endure all things for the sake of those who are 
chosen so that they may obtain the salvation which is in Christ Jesus and with it eternal glory. And so those who are chosen. And then in Titus chapter 1, verse 1, Paul is addressing his letter uh, to Titus and he says, For the faith of those chosen of God. So these scriptures make it very clear that, that God chooses, and he chooses according to the foreknowledge of God the Father here in in uh, uh, 1 Peter chapter 1, chosen according to the foreknowledge of God the Father. Now, what does foreknowledge mean? Well, here's what it does not mean. It does not mean God chose based on knowing or seeing something ahead of time. Even though God is omniscient, he is not bound by time. He is the eternal I am. He sees everything in the present. Uh, that, that is not what this is talking about, but rather it's talking about his predetermined plan. In Acts chapter 2, verse, verse 23, the scriptures say this, This man, Jesus, delivered over by the predetermined plan and foreknowledge of God, you nailed to the cross. You see, uh, Jesus didn't get, go to the cross just because God saw that it was going to happen ahead of time, but it was in his foreknowledge, it was his predetermined plan. And so, according to God's free, predetermined plan, he chooses, he chooses in his graciousness. Now, you might say, well, isn't that unfair? No, it's not. We all deserve, we've earned eternal separation from Almighty God. We all deserve that. And God in his graciousness saves some. Now, is it a mystery? Yes, it's a mystery. And I can't explain it all. And, and no one else can either. But I just know that God is gracious. And he goes on to say, you are chosen. And he says, by the sanctifying work of the Holy Spirit, by, of the Spirit. And that, has, that is just simply salvation. He's talking about salvation there. In, in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse, verse number 13, it says this, But we should always give thanks to God for you, brethren, beloved of the Lord, because God has chosen you from the beginning for salvation through the sanctification by the Spirit and faith in the truth. So he is saying to them here, you have been saved. You are the ones that are saved. And then he goes on to say to obey Jesus Christ, to obey Jesus Christ and be sprinkled with his blood. And what this indicates is a covenant agreement to obedience as an outcome of salvation. And he says, no, so you all have been chosen and you've been saved. And the outcome of that is you are in covenant relationship relationship with God to obey him. Uh, that sprinkling of the blood goes back to Exodus chapter 24 verses 4 to 8. And, and, and it is uh, where in the, uh, in the time of Moses and the children of Israel, they would offer, they would sacrifice um, a, an animal and they would offer it. And, and verse 6 says, Moses took half the blood and put it in basins and the other half the blood he sprinkled on the altar. Then he took the book of the covenant and read it in the hearing of all the people. And they said, all that the Lord has spoken, we will do and we will be obedient. So Moses took the blood and sprinkled it on the people and said, behold, the blood of the covenant, which the Lord has made with you in accordance with all these words. And so the sprinkling of the blood was an outward symbol of the covenant that these people had made with God to be obedient. And so uh, 
Peter here is saying to the people, you've been saved and you're in covenant with the Lord. You are sprinkled with the blood, an outward sign of your covenant with God to be obedient. You are an obedient people. What a wonderful greeting that is. So uh, Peter uh, ends it with with this wonderful, uh, encouraging greeting. He says this, may grace and peace be yours in the fullest measure. What a wonderful greeting. Grace is God's unearned unearned favor. Peace indicates that reconciled relationship with God that had been broken. And it indicates peace with men as well. Romans 12, 18 talks about living peaceably with men. And he says, may it be yours in the fullest measure. Literally, may it be multiplied to you, all of this grace and peace. What a warm and wonderful and encouraging greeting to a group of people that are experiencing um, that are experiencing persecution. These aliens, these ones that are citizens of another country. I hope that this greeting encourages you as well because you can take it personally also if you're a follower of Christ. Until next time, God bless. Thank you for listening to this edition of Sharing Real Hope. We hope that you were encouraged in your walk with Christ by what you heard. Please take a moment to email us with your questions, prayer requests, and comments. Our email address is sharingrealhope at gmail.com. Again, that's sharingrealhope at gmail.com. Or you can visit our website at sharingrealhope.org. Until next time, keep living in and sharing real hope.